0: We'll be Good morning, everybody. On a cold Monday morning, we're GFBS. We are Grand Forks Best Source. Joining us on the show today, Steve Vetter, state legislator for District 18 here in Grand Forks. we we'll are talking about numerous things with Steve today. And our show today brought to you by Probitas Promotions. You know, if you're looking to boost your brand, Probitas Promotions will make you stand out from the crowd. Probitas will consult with you at no cost to help you find the perfect swag for your business. You know, whether it's logoed apparel, hats, promotional products, trade show displays, or awards, Probitas is the region's top provider for free online stores. You know, Probitas stores are the perfect option for your company apparel ordering, team spirit wear, or any type of organization wanting to dress their members with logoed apparel. Probitas Promotions with locations in Grand Forks, Fargo, Bismarck, and Minot. Shop ProbitasPromo.com or call one 866 pro Boost your brand and stand out from the crowd with Probita's Promotions. Well, before we get rolling any further, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Uh, you know, I remember when I used to be buff. I remember when I used to be buff. Well, now I'm a
1: buffet. All right, Paul,
0: what you think of that one?
2: That was terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, that was like one of the worst ones you've done. I
0: kind of do look like a buffet, though.
2: I don't even know what that means.
0: You don't know what a buffet is. Well, yeah,
2: I know what a buffet is, but I don't know how. Yeah, you I look used to like, be buff.
0: Now I'm a buffet. Well, okay. <laughs> Wish Katie was here. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Vetter, State Legislator, District 18. How are you, my man? It's been a while. Hey, it's been great. Uh, thanks for having me on here. I Really appreciate it. Uh, last time we were together, I believe was a little bit of a celebration um, after you were reelected. That was a good good time. Uh, yep. You know, you... Um, the morning wasn't that great for me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that great for me either, I guess, come <laughs> to think of it. Uh, we're going to jump right into this, Steve. Um, you got some headlines here the last week or so. Um, what's the deal with UND police and you?
3: <laughs> well, uh...
0: Tell, first off, tell us, tell us the story of what happened.
3: Um, well, basically, um, I took a left turn um, onto to and I was pulled over uh for actually the ticket said taking the wrong- uh, taking a right turn a right turn violation is what my ticket actually said it was mm-hmm. it said I had a right turn violation uh for taking a left turn oh um, but so that's um but t- uh you know to to kind of start things out really I'm, I, you know, I, I was a little upset with the ticket, but in reality, I'm not upset with the officer. I'm upset really more with the administration and how, um, how these officers are really being trained from that perspective. I mean, patrolling on Demers Avenue, pulling people over really for, I mean, if you watch the video, uh, for really no reasonable uh, reason to pull me over. And not only are they doing that, but they're training their new officers to do the same thing mm-hmm. you know so they're they're kind of starting they have this practice where uh they're they're right on the jur- right on their jurisdiction line according to the officer um he said the jurisdiction was the outside lane of demurs okay so um now i've heard i've now heard that the interpretation is really demurs avenue um and that's kind of One of the one of the stickier or a a sticky spot. Now, another thing I can say is you know, it's a twenty dollar ticket. Right? Mm -hmm. Say, well, whoop, big deal. Well, a twenty dollar ticket really isn't a big deal to me. I can pay that's not a big deal. But for somebody that essentially is laid off and maybe they maybe a COVID Mm -hmm. and they're laid off, they don't have a job, they're getting unemployment, twenty dollars that's ten percent of their weekly pay. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, so that's actually a bigger deal. And so, you know, years ago, lots of reforms were made um, to, you know, some people complain about it, how low some, how low the tickets are. Mm-hmm. Those reforms were made really based on we wanted to, you know, we don't want to be uh, to poor people. We essentially don't want to be hitting them with these large fines sure. that really have devastating effects. Mm-hmm. And so you take something like this where um, – they're pulling, you know, where you're getting pulled over for something that rel- really, um, I don't believe they should be pulling you mm-hmm. over for. If they're doing it to me, they're obviously doing it to a lot of other people. Yep. And so as, you know, I, and I've, I've received some criticism here saying, oh, well, you, you presented a bill after, after something happened. Well, I just, I realized there was an issue. We're citizen legislatures here. Yep. And I realized there was an issue. Um, should I then ignore it? Um, I don't think so. I believe it's an issue, so it has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you know. Bottom line is, you know that, uh, you know, what is their, you know, with the whole jurisdiction? Well, they say, well, what's what's the big deal? Well, what is what is their real role? Right. what is the role of the sure. higher ed police department and these mm-hmm. are state funded police mm-hmm. and what is their role we have you know over 14,000 students we have a lot of higher ed property are they supposed to be managing that or are they supposed to be trolling the city and if they are indeed patrolling the city and that's part of their job then why are we holding them back with a restriction sure. it doesn't or a jurisdiction mm-hmm. it it doesn't make any sense you i mean what is what are their what is their purpose and if it's, that, if it's that purpose, then therefore... And,
0: and, and like me now, I, I can't fathom... The only thing I can think of a reason why that they would be patrolling Demers is I would imagine Ray Richards Golf Course, because I believe that's UND property. But now when you look at Demers, you've got to cross how many railroad tracks, fences, all of this kind of stuff to even get to Demers. So why are they even patrolling that part of the city
2: you know and well, something else i you know because i watched the video and you know the 20 dollar ticket okay that's one thing but for me i think what would be most frustrating is kind of like you had mentioned that you know you were in a hurry well you know if i'm sitting there and i'm driving down Demers and i get pulled over um, by und police for the sake of training purposes well i'm like I got places to be. I don't got time for this nonsense, you know? I mean, I could really impact your day if you got something really important going on, and now you're dealing with 30 minutes of, we you know, an inconvenience just for the, the sake of a, a training exercise, as far as I can see. And then, to your point, being on Demers, well, if something does happen on university, what are they going to do if there's a train? Now they're on the other side. They're, they're stuck. They can't get back over there. So, I don't know.
3: Exactly. I never really thought about the train. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, part of the issue is they sit there, they're on demers, then, and then if they go off of demers, for example, somebody drives off of demers, they're now out of their jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So if they've ran into a number of issues now where, you know, the person drives off of there, then they get out of the, the judge throws it out of court. Well. If you're sitting there on your on your jurisdiction line all the time there's going be there's generally going to be issues right and so and then some of the other things is their other jurisdiction lines are over on gateway Drive and they have and they, they can go all the way out to the airport so then they're patrolling gateway Drive out to the airport so it so it, it begins to be this thing of okay just because those are busy roads and they might you know get more traffic or whatever what you know what's their purpose why mm-hmm why are they
0: right and, and i could see uh, i don't know if und owns property at the airport or yeah, not they they okay have, so they have
3: jurisdiction of of, uh, of a, a portion of the airport okay. i believe that's owned by so the then
0: that chunk of highway two or demers. then so it's patrolled by und police grand forks police state highway patrol and county sheriff so i think that little stretch of highway two is probably covered pretty good yeah it's it's probably covered pretty good so now for something as small as this ticket was why did it take so long for you to get in and out of there on this whole deal because this was kind of a lengthy little deal wasn't it just getting a 20 dollars ticket
3: yeah and you know i mean yeah it took quite a while that was kind of the you know it was a frustrating it was a frustrating deal i mean maybe i shouldn't have got as mad as i did but at the same time um you know another criticism I've seen is you know they're saying well this is this is entitled re- legislator. Mm-hmm. At no time did I ever say. You yeah, know, do you know that, who I am? Yeah, yeah, it was never when I mentioned I was a legislator. I mentioned it for the for the fact of the jurisdiction issue and you know what are you even pulling me over for? Is this even a law that you're that you're pulling me over for? And that that was kind of you know the reason why I. Uh, ultimately, you know, you know, I had said that, you know, and, and at, ne- at no time did I ever say I want, you know, that I ch- actually, I just said the opposite. If you, if you actually watch it, I said, you know, give me the ticket, give me the ticket, you know, just do what you got to do. So in other words, I knew, you know, he's just doing his job, right? So just do what you got to do, give me the ticket and let me move on, you know, but in no given at no no time did I say you know you can't write me this ticket because sure I'm this high and mighty legislator. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably the opposite from the perspective of how many how many other people get this much press for a twenty dollar ticket. Right, right. You know, I mean, it's yeah, because it,
0: I saw numerous news reports about it last week. Um, uh, I want to know: Are you going to fight the ticket, Steve? Um, well, or are you I, just going to pay it or?
3: I still have a court date coming up. Yep. Um, so so it's, ultimately, I don't really have time yeah. to to do it. So I'm, you know, I haven't really decided if
0: to if be um. determined at a later date.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know if it's if it's really worth the time at all, especially now. Right. That it's really, gotten this much this mm-hmm. press and all this other stuff. Um,
2: I think. It, I mean, I think it even goes beyond this too, with everything that's kind of going on, you know, in the nation, even. They've, and there's this huge debate about, you know, police officers overstepping their bounds and, you know, just pulling people over for no reason excuse me, reason and causing all this stuff. But at the same time, I mean, we're also support and supportive police and we want mm-hmm. them to get that training. Right. But, you know, in, in, in this case though, I think that like you said, it it shouldn't they should have their limits as far as being university officers as opposed to just the normal police department.
0: You know, does state legislator Steve Vetter hate police? Do you hate the cops? Actually, I like, I
3: like the cops. Uh, my best man is a police officer, so mm-hmm. it's, it would be pretty hard for me to hate my best man. Right. And, you know, and, and ultimately, actually, I do a lot of things as a legislator for the police. Absolutely, I serve on judiciary, and I um, work on a lot of issues uh, um, towards the benefit uh, you know, you know, mm-hmm. of the, of the police. Um, let's see, you know, another thing, uh, ultimately I have, I mean, I actually have another bill that I put in that it's actually a student loan forgiveness. Yeah. For a, yeah. And that's really what he was talking about with the retention. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the issues we really have um, is our, a lot of our police in North Dakota are kind of the training grounds for the, for the other States. Sure. So these people come in, they can get a job, they get their training and they get their time in, and now they're able to move on to another state where that pays them more, gives them better mm-hmm, benefits. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I I thought and I saw that, you know, we're losing right around, we don't know exactly, but right around about 10%. We're losing mm-hmm. about 10% of our uh, our peace officers every year.
0: In the state, statewide. state, in the state. Yep.
3: yep. So I looked at, okay, well, how do we, how, one, one, way, one way we could um, retain them and keep them around is... Um, what my bill does is after the first year of after one year of service, mm-hmm. you start getting uh, two hundred dollars a month up to two hundred dollars a month to pay off um, student loan yep debt. yep, and so it 's kind of just an added little benefit it's you know it 's something to kind of say okay well i 've been here a while, and I, I keep getting this." Um, as I stay yep, and you know if we can if we can maintain just part of that I mean if you really look at the, the numbers it makes sense it costs us right around seven million dollars to train just in training now that's yep. a minimum cost yep it's probably likely a lot more because I'm not mm-hmm. talking about new equipment all sure other things um, but just the actual wages to train new police officers we're spending at least seven million my student loan forgiveness program is 1.3 million yeah so it's you know, I think it's a. It gets a really good bang for its buck where you spend that money, and I believe we're doing. And then we're doing uh, North Dakota service, yep. and we're getting officers that are high, more trained. Mm-hmm. You know, they get an education. Sure. Um, those are those are things. Ultimately, you know, piggybacking onto this um, this last thing we're talking about the jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know with that. Well, that's ultimately. Don't we want better officers? Or better trained officers. Yep, and
0: then we want them, those better trained officers, to stay.
3: Yeah, and because the more experience they have, you know, I mean, you know, you've done lots of jobs, and you know, the first couple years or what, or when you first start, you make some mistakes, or you, mm-hmm. or you learn a little bit. And, sure. You know, well, once they've learned and made all their. You know, kind of once they've done their learning, why do we want them to then to take off and go somewhere else? Right, um, we want
0: them to stick around. You know, you hear Biden talking about uh, student loan forgiveness up to fifty thousand or whatever it is. I'm totally against that. The only way I am for uh, some of these student loan forgiveness uh, bills or or things are small town retention is one of them to keep these people here. Uh, you see it all the time, even with with teachers. I know a mm-hmm. teacher that lives in a village in Alaska. Um, part of the perks is they paid off his student loans, but he's also staying in that village in Alaska and, and I'm all for this. Um, we can't do enough for the men in blue. Uh, and you know that. And I, I think that is, um, I think that's a great bill. Um, I hope it goes through, uh, because I do think we need to keep the retention. We need to keep some of these people around here. Um, so are you getting sick and tired of the whole UND thing then? Uh, I mean, are, you, are people asking you about it all over the place? Or what's it like on the floor? Has anybody said anything?
3: Um, actually, I'm not really getting that more. But, I'm, mean, I I, you know, I have gotten emails on this whole UND jurisdiction thing. Actually, the one of the more surprising things that, I mean, I thought I would get, um, looking at reading the story, I thought I would get a lot of hate mail mm-hmm. type stuff. But um, believe it or not, I've actually gotten almost as much mail you know, saying, "Hey, you know," mm-hmm. kind of, you know,
0: yeah, because it, it's it's not about the fact that you got a ticket; it's about the fact of where you got the ticket, really.
3: Well, where and then why? Yeah, yep. You know, why are you why are you doing this? And then you know, and they always say, "Well, we never do this; we'd never just pull somebody over for no reason." And what? Well, I mean, if you look at my case, um, I, I think any reasonable person can look at it and say. Well, he's not causing any safety issues. Why? Why are we pulling them over here right now? And so, and and like I had said before, we, uh, you know, I'm a legislator, right? If I see there's an issue, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're they're making it look like, you know, like it's, you know, like I'm like I'm all worked up and mad about this. Right? And like I said, it's a it's a twenty dollar ticket, mm-hmm. and one of the things that, um, that about me really of why I'm a, or why I am a legislator is, you know, if I see issues that I feel are unjust, I'm going to go out and fight for them. Well, sure. You know, and, and, and that's kind of, kind of my thing, even if it's not a, an issue that's not popular, mm-hmm. you know, I, I work on issues that aren't popular and I feel like there's an injustice going on. Um, and, and I go out and I go out and, you know, and that's, that's another thing is if, you know, if you're a, if you're one of my constituents or something to that effect, And you call me up and you say, you know what, Steve, this is going on. This is happening. Can you do something about it? I'm going to look at that. And if I find out and if I find that I believe it's unjust, I'm going to go to the mat for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and fight and and try to get that done for you. And that's what I've done with a number of things. Um, Actually, another would be another example to tie into something else that that I'm doing is you uh, You'd probably seen on the – on my Facebook page, the Stir the Pot Award.
0: Yeah, Stir the Pot Award for uh, House Bill 1254. Tell us about that.
3: Well, that was uh, um, a lot of people don't realize that a bill is actually, when a bill goes to the floor and gets passed or fails, it actually does not fail or pass until one day goes by. Mm -hmm. So when one day, uh, you can always reconsider a bill. So what happened is I have a, a spousal support reform. So again, this is a, something that people, it's not a really popular issue that somebody wants to work on, but I feel there's an injustice going on there and I feel like there's reforms that need to be made. What happened is uh, I only got, you need 48 votes to something to pass. Mm -hmm. I got 43. Okay. So it failed. Yep. Um, After the vote, I had a couple of different of my colleagues said, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of back and forth. I didn't quite know. And after I talked into a few of them, there's a few of them that said, Hey, I'll reconsider my vote. And so then I went around and talked to an, uh, several legislators and I said, you know, there's some. what issues do you have with this bill and is there something we can do to fix it um, in the Senate? And there's a number of amendments I'm going to add when I go over to the, uh, over to the Senate to, mm-hmm. to make it a little better. And I ended up uh, getting it reconsidered the next day and I had uh, you do a verification vote to essentially reconsider it. That happened. We had enough votes and then got 51 votes to, uh, yeah. So I, I I had seven people that told me, uh, they were going to work with me. So that would have been 50. So, yeah, because I mean, then then I even got it. We even got another one with, uh, the floor debate. And, and so it, it ultimately passed and mm-hmm. then it was not reconsidered the next day so now it's over in the senate so it's kind of and the stir the pot really is hey okay, you <laughs> you know you're you're getting you're getting everybody kind of yeah, agitated
0: yeah Vetter, uh, that troublemaker getting the stir the pot bill or a stir the pot award um how are things going out in bismarck i know you guys have, it's been pretty busy out there and hectic
3: yeah it's 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 actually really been busy um i've been working on a number of my bills um, you know, you have a little more time in the evenings now, without with a little less events, but you still, you know, you're still working the whole time trying to get um, some of those bills done. Um, are you asking kind of about more of my bills, or are you? Just... Sure,
0: yeah. I mean, and we're going to talk about a few that are okay. not just yours, but yeah, talk about some of yours. Um, well, what do you have in mind? Uh, well, I'm not sure which ones are yours. How about uh, let's talk about the bill to protect churches from government shutdowns? Is that is that a corona thing or a, a pandemic thing or? Uh, just not giving them the jurisdiction, period. Um,
3: actually, that's, a, that's my bill. Okay. And where the idea came about was what looked at seeing what um, – now, our governor was really good when it came to this issue. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's, he was re- very good, and um, I'm re- I was really happy with, um, with what, he, what he did in, actually in our state. We didn't have the issues that some mm-hmm. of these other right, states. Right, right. But then you, know, you take, like, uh, Como, Governor Como in New York – he you know he put all these restrictions and
0: Walds in Minnesota and the kind
3: of the whole idea is you can't restrict a church more than you can another secular idea. Yes. So if you're going to shut down churches, you can't have the liquor store right next door open. Mhm. You know, I mean it's if you're going to do one, you have to kind of and that's part of that's part of what the bill does. Um, it also helps from the protection uh, emergency protection stuff. Yep. Um, and it really kind of codifies a lot of the the other thing it does, you know, there's been a little bit of ki- little bit of, ki- uh, there's been a little bit of kickback mm-hmm. by some of the the prisons, and um, and I've been working with them trying to get the right language in there because I certainly don't want to have this be just a thing, you know, where they're using this as an excuse to somehow sue the prisons or right. or something to that effect. Um, but at the same time, you know, when it comes to criminal justice reform, if you're you know. Allowing people to uh, have some, some type of church or uh, religious type of um, stuff is, is I think, crucial to a certain point in their criminal justice reform, you know, because if we're going to, somebody's going to change their life around, a lot of times it has something to do with, um, you know, religion and in sure. that respect. Absolutely. So, so I think that's... I think that's important in those areas, and that's not the main reason for the bill. The main reason for the bill is ultimately put it into state law, and there was a decision, uh, the Diocese of Brooklyn v. Como, and from that decision there came some language, you know, and it was basically the same language I was telling you about, how you, know, you can't treat a, uh, treat a religious activity worse than a secular, a secular activity. Mm-hmm. So, you, And, and I, we kind of took some language from that, that's ultimately in, in the bill. And so it's, I think it's a really good bill. It's getting a lot of uh, support, a lot of emails, and a lot of, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of them telling me to vote for my bill, and mm-hmm. like, don't worry, I yep, will. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> um, and, and when you talk about uh, Sunday, especially in church, Steve, uh, that brings up, uh, Scott Meyer brought up the uh, early Sunday liquor sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it got shot, shot down. Um, But what are your thoughts on that? Because the way he explained it, I thought it was great. Uh, It gives some of these people a chance to maybe get caught up on the people that might have a store across the street or something. But what's the big deal about opening up a liquor store a little bit earlier on Sunday? Why is that such an issue?
3: I actually didn't know it was uh, that big of an issue. Um, But... You know, the blue laws are gone. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no blue laws to protect or any of those types of things. Um, I personally thought that you know, when the blue laws were in effect, I thought it was kind of a way to kind of protect the little guy. You sure. Know, a yeah. Because then they don't have to go to work, essentially. It's kind of a, a protection for them. Um, but being that the blue laws are, are gone, they're non existent. Um, if they have alcohol at 10 o'clock or at 8 o'clock, um, I mean, that's just yeah. To me, it's it's it it's kind of a it's kind of a moot point at mm-hmm. this at this point in time. There's it's kind of you know to argue that anymore is
0: yeah. And, and you know, it, this brings me back to the whole Sunday businesses opening at noon thing. Um, I, I've got a couple of friends. Uh, they're retired. Uh, Practice the Catholic religion pretty pretty hard. And they were all against this. And I'm saying to them, you know, here's the deal. I go, there's a lot of people out there, uh, construction workers, whatever. They don't have time to do these projects at home. The only time they have to do them is on the weekend. So who cares if a store opens up early on Sunday? If you don't want to go, if you believe it's a day of rest, stay home.
2: I was totally against it, but that's also because I worked retail. You worked retail. It was my only day I knew I didn't have to get up in in the morning. Yeah.
3: that's, That's actually what I was talking about is is that when the blue laws were fully in effect, yeah, they protected the little guy, right? And so that's, you know, but when they're not, I mean, when they're gone, the blue laws aren't here anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, what's the purpose? Everything's already open, and so now you're just going to have one little carve-out that's still sticking around? Yeah, right. I mean, it's to me, it's it's kind of a mood issue, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know...
0: Um, we've got more with state legislator from district 18, Steve Vetter, here in just a second, Uh, more questions to ask him, but I want to tell you about Raptor PCS here in the grand cities mall. Uh, the absolute best place to take your computer. You need something done. They've got a full range of computer services at very affordable rates. They do computer builds, virus removal, hardware repairs. Uh, also the place to go. Maybe you're looking to buy yourself a new laptop and if they're going to work on your computer, most cases you'll have that thing back the following day. And Raptor will even come to your house and pick your computer up, or you can stop at the landing zone right in front of rumors. They're the winners of the top-rated local businesses in 2019 and 2020. So bring your computer in and mention this ad. Mention you heard this on uh, GFBS, and you'll get 15% off any computer service. So GFBS goes to Raptor PCS all the time. Uh, you know i could tell you this till i'm blue in the face it is the best place to take your computer check them out RaptorPCS.com, or call 701-772-7626 it's raptor pcs they are right here in the grand cities mall we're back with the uh, state legislator steve vetter um, steve again thanks for coming on the show a couple could other I, things yeah could i piggyback on the on raptor
3: they're mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. actually uh i've used them quite a bit they're very great service they yeah. do have, they do they do an excellent job they'll have your stuff done uh right away I've used them quite a bit before in the past, mm-hmm. and you know they'll they'll get the stuff done right away and uh and like you know they they'll rebuild your computer for you mm-hmm. you know if you want to add different things you want to add more memory yeah they, they are they
2: are excellent. Anyways, there's your testimonial,
0: Brock. Actually, no,
2: it. It. it was funny because uh, Mike, uh, he was in here the other day and he had brought in, uh, I think he said it was a 2016 MacBook, but he had Raptor just completely redo it. And it's like more powerful than, you know, a computer that you can just buy right off the shelf right now. It was sweet because it was like an old school computer, but it was just completely redone. They
3: they redid my computer. They they worked on my stuff. I'm, I'm a... I'm a big supporter, so I heard yep. that. I was like, hey, yeah. "That's great! Yeah. They're uh, they're advertising with you, there. Oh that's, yeah, Brock. Awesome. Uh, he's exactly.
0: been with us. Uh, one of the first guys to uh, join us here and help us out at uh, GFBS. A um, couple of more things we want to talk about, Steve. Uh, we know how busy you are, but um, limiting emergency or disaster d- uh, declarations by the governor. Your thoughts?
3: Um, well, um, some of the well, one of the issues that came up here recently. Um, I was kind of telling you guys beforehand, was, was a little bit about this emergency, uh, emergency order. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the legislature voted on this last Friday um, was, do we end the emergency or not? At least the House did. Yep. Right? And, you know, from the perspective of most people, well, the emergency is over with. It's been gone. It's done. Well, the other thing that you got to consider, and if that's all it was about, you know, then maybe we should have what well, should have ended it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is there's all these things that are attached with it, and having this emergency order, and you know, and that was those are things that I had to consider before making that vote. One of those was uh, the SNAP program, and um, instantly, um, how many? I think it was something like fifteen hundred families are dependent on these, uh, uh, you know, depending on this money for food to eat. Um, so it was, that was kind of an issue. And then the other real issue, cause you know, we can actually at any given time while we're in session, we can, we can throw out a resolution and, end the emergency. Mm-hmm. So the, so the thing was, is do we do it today or do we do it sometime later on? And the issue, the other issue we have is with the whole school and everything with school and all the virtual and all the, the Corona stuff, all that was set up really by executive order. So, in other words, if we get rid of the the order, all that goes away, and then we don't have law to to come in and follow up with that. And, sure. And and of course, none of the lawmakers want to make any of this stuff, this COVID stuff, permanent. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't right. want to have, you know, you know. But for example, what I mean by that is, okay, some right now they're doing some stuff remotely. Mm-hmm. Well, they can no longer do that. Okay. Um you know, right now you're excused. If you have, if your kid has COVID or any of those yep. types of things, you get yep. exposed to somebody, you're not getting truancy. You're not getting in trouble for not showing for up not for school. Sho- yep. Well, with an executive order, those things are all gone. Okay. So it's kind of a, it's kind of, I, I know people, some people are really adamant on how they feel about this and saying, we need <laughs> to end this and whatever, but to me it got to be well what are the repercussions of doing this and we can do it at any given time um so that was kind of an issue there with um and ultimately the way, uh the reason why i
0: voted the way i did okay um raising speed limit on interstates what is there two interstates i-29 and 94 i think is that it uh raising speed limits to 80 miles an hour you think that's a good thing well I yes yeah well i <laughs> I, I agree yes. <laughs> i mean the speed limit is 75 i usually go about 79 or 80 anyway jack um, but why
2: 80 go to 90 well let's, yeah. let's just come on let's just get this done with That's, i want
0: to, well the way the gas prices are going right now i'd rather not go 90 but uh you think 80 miles an hour was a good thing
3: steve well i think 80 is kind of about where we maybe want to be We're now they make um they say there's some of the highways or some of the, some construction they have to do because we're they're built for 75. Yes. Um. Now going to 90 here, to me, it might be a little much because um, because our roads aren't built for that, mm-hmm. and then ultimately because of our weather. You know, do we? Re- you know, yeah,
0: our highways don't last as long as they do in warmer climates.
3: And uh, so for it, sure.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like, do
3: we really want people, you know, pushing it to 90? when you know, obviously you don't have to when it's when it's icy out, but if it's ninety, guess what that means? You're yeah, gonna have to the, the, the semi the semis are gonna be coming by you at ninety miles an hour. So if you're not going ninety on a cold winter day, you're gonna have that semi go right by you and you're not gonna be able to see. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people have done that with oh, the yeah, yeah. white knuckles and you're uh you know just yeah ho- hoping you're driving straight. Yeah because a lot of the truck white.
0: drivers, you know, they're ten, eight, ten feet off the ground so, they can see a little bit better than you. But then again, you know, some of these like national huge trucking companies, I'm, I think a lot of them have governors on their trucks. So, I don't even know if they'd want their guys going 80 or not. But uh, most of them have a GPS on there now. So, they, they watch them real quick but, or real closely. But I think the 80 mile an hour on in the interstate was a good thing.
2: Now, I, think, is- I think they should just get rid of the speed limit altogether. <laughs> just, let me, just let me go as fast as I want.
0: You. and pretty soon you're going to be driving a new sports car yeah okay (laughs) steve do you think uh recreational marijuana is is a bill ever going to pass is there is that ever going to happen in north dakota because it's happening all around north dakota
3: well you know if you would ask that to me six months ago i would have told you that no way shape or form that would ever pass the legislature although i would say i don't know i'd give it 50 50. Mm mm-hmm Uh, Really, um, because, uh, you know, a lot of legislators are seeing what's going around. You know, they're seeing, hey, South Dakota's got it, Montana, uh, Canada. You know, we're kind of surrounded. Surprisingly, Minnesota doesn't, which is pretty shocking. Yep. But um, so it's kind of like, well, and then they see, well, there's probably going to be an initiated measure coming. And so it begins to be the question, well, if this is coming anyway, do we want to uh, regulate it and take care of some of the issues that people feel are problems?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, the two biggest issues, I believe uh, for people that are opposed it, uh, well, actually, there's probably three. Okay, One would probably be they just take, you know, the moral thing. Mm-hmm. They use mm-hmm. that, that argument. Um, let's see, the driving. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and actually in the bill, there's a, even though I don't believe our police officers have those tests yet, but they have a a deal where it's a saliva test okay and so they can do a test to show that i think it's a certain period of time um after you've uh used the substance i believe that it, it can detect some usage or whatever so that so so the issue of you know well it's not drinking and driving but right um and, and, under, in, the <clears throat> under the influence under the influence and so so it it kind of addresses that it addresses the other biggest issue is the mine is minors mm, yes and yes and how do we keep from And So there's some stuff in there that addresses some of the packaging, the edibles, some of those types of things. Um, because, you know, if you really look at it, um, from what I've been told, I don't have high school kids, but mm-hmm. um, from what I've been told, it's easier for them to get marijuana than it is to get alcohol. Really? Well, because, because, well, there's, yeah. so, because there's so many restrictions on alcohol. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and then when you really think about it, look at the repercussions. Yeah. I mean, if you're giving alcohol to your kid or to your kid's friends or anything like that, you're going to get caught. Oh, yeah. And you're, there's going to be big penalties that's for That's a you. big
0: penalty, yes. Yes.
3: And you're responsible for everything they do. Mm-hmm. You know, so who the heck would want to take that kind of liability?
0: Right. And, and I can honestly say I've, I don't know anybody that's ever gotten a driving under the influence of marijuana ticket. Um, I don't know how they could check it because I, I was always under the understanding uh, because I used to have a job where you got random drug tested and uh, they had said that it stays in your system for like up to 30 days or whatever. But, um, you know, I still think I would much rather be driving down the interstate, probably passing a guy that was maybe a little buzzed than trying to pass a guy that was drunk. Well, um, if anything, if, the, if there's an 80-mile-an-hour speed limit, and the guy that maybe indulged in a little bit of the Mary Jane, he's probably going about 68.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, but there is there is a another side to that, too, though, and I'm not saying from experience what I'm saying from experience, uh, that if you've been drinking a lot or, you know, you've had a few, and then if you – do a substance you know like that uh, yeah they all of a sudden i mean it just that's it's like a whole a different deal it's like a switch just goes off and all your end your intoxication level just goes through the roof because you don't even realize it. it all of a sudden just hits you like a truck but i wanted to ask you something that um kind of off topic but i thought i heard it and i could be way off base but wasn't like the biden um uh camp not the, the biden, administration yeah the administration weren't they trying to decriminalize like all drugs I thought I heard that that they're trying to pass a bill that makes it so it's.
0: Oh, that would be just totally ludicrous. That would be.
2: They want it to be like Amsterdam, where oh. it's just everything is decriminalized, and then they just want to put all the money towards the rehab and that kind of thing. But I could be way off. I just heard that from somebody. Yeah, I haven't heard anything like that. No, although,
3: um, although they said they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be for legalization of uh, like marijuana. I know I've heard that before, but. You know, will they actually follow through? And, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily following through. On Right. Well, you'll have to look
2: into that for me and get back to me.
0: (laughs) Uh, When you speak about uh, other drugs, uh, I do want to ask you, Steve, um, possibly uh, maybe a bill coming up so North Dakotans can get better access to prescription drugs from Canada because um, uh, I'm going to use myself um, as an example here. Um, I have to carry an EpiPen with me i um, deathly allergic to hornets, yellow jackets, and wasps. Every time I get stung, even with insurance, it costs me about $800. Uh, because first off, you use one of your EpiPens at about 400 bucks a pop. Then you have to go right to the ER, and you spend how much time in the ER. And then after you get that bill, you have to go replace that EpiPen. And when I talk to some of my Canadian friends and I find out what the prices are up there, it, it is mind-boggling the difference. How hard would this be for us to be able, I mean, if they ever open up the borders again, how hard would that be to pass where we would be able to go buy more prescription stuff in Canada?
3: Well, I haven't actually seen that bill, but I know that another bill similar to that uh, came through our GVA committee, mm-hmm. uh, Government Veterans Affairs, and that had more to do with uh, the PERS, you know, the state plan, and mm-hmm. how they – uh, negotiate. Uh, I believe it's PBRs is what they're called. They're these uh, kind of middlemen. Okay. That and they ultimately kind of make they they're so big that they kind of make a rebate. They'll say okay. Oh, we'll sure. buy all this, and then they get a rebate back. Um, so there, I know there's a bill that because we're such a large purchaser as uh, ND ND Pers mm-hmm. um, through that program, we're saying okay. Well, we want we want some of that discount. Yep. And 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 it, it kind of investigates a little bit more to, and I think that bill ultimately will lower some of the costs for prescription drugs when it comes to um, the PERS plan, state plan. Now, it won't do anything if you're not part of the state plan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there might be another bill that you're talking about. I haven't seen that okay. yet. Um, that might open it up to you know Canada and some of these other things. Um, but generally speaking, I think a lot of that would be more from the um national on the national level and doing that federally more than Mm -hmm. a state thing i know from the state perspective what we can do is we can address uh the state plans yep you know in the pers
0: plan um i remember when i was in europe a couple of years back um i I, had actually they you could buy an EpiPen for like 20 bucks you know and then the guy at this at the shop or the store says well here why don't you buy a couple and I thought, oh, I'll try to get through customs with those. I didn't know if they'd let me or not, um, but I didn't. Um, I want to talk about uh, criminal justice reforms. We were talking about this uh, before we went on air, Steve. Um, it's kind of a whole big deal there too, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I've been a part of it really from the get-go since I've started because I've served on Judiciary Committee really in, back in 17. Mm-hmm. And the last two sessions we've done – lots of reforms on criminal justice reform. The whole idea on criminal justice reform or the basic idea is we take them out of our prisons and we move them more into, um, you know, towards the end of their uh, mm. sentence, we move them over to probation. Mm-hmm. And yep. so and so then that way we can monitor them, all those sure. other things, get them back into society mm-hmm. without them reoffending again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of those purposes. Um, however, I feel like some of this criminal justice stuff is kind of really flipped on the other side. the The pendulum is kind of swung. Okay, where we, you know, we've done a lot of these reforms, and now they're just kind of coming up with more and more. You know, some of those would be uh, a bill that I'm not for that actually got a, a due pass out of committee would have been the, um, uh, the no bail yeah no bail bill. Because um, I think that really affects some of the businesses. Oh yeah, I know that. I know the. I know the uh, um, we were talking earlier about about peace officers. I can tell you right now, they don't want any part of this. Right. And, you know. You know, for instance, trespassing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, no bail. Well, they just come out and do it again. Oh, don't sure. worry. Don't worry, Steve. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, they they after the second time, then they can arrest them with bail. Okay. Well, if you I, had to.
0: You know, I've always been the firm believer of, um, you know, you can get a first chance or or get a second chance. You usually learn after the first time if you ever get arrested. And also, I'm pretty good friends with the bail bondsman, so I'm sure he doesn't want to hear that either. But what's the deal with um, possibly getting rid of probation? Yeah, there's another bill, ultimately. Like I had just told you,
3: um, this pendulum has kind of swung, and everything we've been told is – you know, the golden egg is this probation, right? We need to shift these people into probation. And I agree because Mm -hmm. now you can monitor them. Yes. You can basically get them because the whole idea is it's that crucial time when they first get out. Mm -hmm. Are they going to have a place to live? Are they going to have family support? And they're going to have a job. Right. If they have those three things, the chances of them going back to jail are a lot less. Yes. Now, if you take any one of those three things away from them, the chances of them going back mm-hmm. are significantly higher. Yes. And so with probation, we're trying to slowly work them into our society. Whereas um, the idea is they're saying, okay, we don't want them just getting out of jail, and then, and then they're, now they're free. Right. And we don't get to monitor or kind of mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. Um, put them into society
0: again. Right. Help them in that adjustment period, if you will.
3: Well, now they're getting to the point where, well, now that we moved over everybody over to probation – um this is costing us a lot of money in probation mm-hmm. well, maybe we should lower and get rid of probation. Wait a second you know I mean I think what we're start what we're starting to get to is you know I mean there' for, for some crimes it's one thing but you know in a lot of crimes there's there's a victim
0: yes right yes
3: somebody paid the price for those for their crimes mm-hmm. and they don't get to get that back they right don't, they don't get a 20 percent discount on absolutely their, you know somebody that was raped mm-hmm. They they never get their life back. Right. You know, I mean, that, that's going to be with them forever. Yes. They don't get to say, okay, well, 20% of your life, you don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. Or somebody that's killed or, you know, some of these violent crimes, I think, are really horrible in the sense that there shouldn't be, you know, I'm sorry, but there was a victim. And, you know, if it was my brother or sister or a relative or friend, I wouldn't want that person getting no, uh, you know, I want, you know, it's part of it is the justice for the, for that, for that victim. Mm-hmm. I understand that, um, you know, for, you know, your lower level crimes and some of that's, I think that's what criminal justice reform is really more about. Yes. Is for some of, you know, for example, uh, crimes, you know, basically for having a, a drug problem. Mm-hmm. I don't believe somebody that has a drug problem should be sitting in prison.
0: Not unless they broke the law,
3: but not unless they, yes, yes. So, and so it's it's more or less we needed that person needs treatment, they need some mm-hmm. of these other aspects, right? But somebody that decided they want to go and you know club somebody over the head or you know burglarize a home well, that I mean, oh, that's a little bit different. I think that's a little bit different sure. story than having an issue with, uh,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. doing something to yourself absolutely i agree but um i think we both know or agree that uh you cannot get rid of probation you, you just can't it, uh, i think well, it's, it's actually
3: one of the best that's i mean and that's what i've been told this whole time that's why it's so frustrating is this is where you want to put the people mm-hmm. and now that they're all do- there yeah. some of the people that are for that that bill for instance they're like well the you know they these people have such a huge workload well, do you think they have a wor- huge workload when you take most every crime and you reduce it and you send them more more yeah. people to treatment? Well, that's going to give you more people on mm-hmm. probation.
0: Yeah, all they're doing is just sliding that to some other department, basically, because, well, probation is to get you back on the straight and narrow to be a regular person, uh, yep. to be a, a, a productive person. Um, busy week, busy month coming up. Tell us some of the things that, that are happening on Bismarck.
3: Um, well, um, I have, again, I'm fighting for uh, one of the bills I'm fighting for is uh, non-conforming structures. I don't know if you've heard any of that type of thing. It's one of the things that I've been fighting with the city on uh, for quite a long time. And, okay. And what that is, is it's, it sounds kind of confusing when you say non-conforming, uh, legally non-conforming structures. But actually, it's, it's really simple from this perspective. You have a house. It's zoned in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right? The city comes in. They change your zoning, and now you are non-conforming. Okay, so you are now a not you are not conforming with the zoning code. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with your house. Yep, it's safe. It's built to code. Mm-hmm. All those types of things. But now they tell you in Grand Forks ordinances, they say you can't if you're over fifty percent destroyed, you can't rebuild unless you come to us, beg us for a variance, and say, you know, oh you know, mm-hmm. Oh, great city. Can you allow me to rebuild on my, on my land? Now they, to, to the grand forks credit. They, they allow it. Yes. They, I mean, the people that mm-hmm. are asked for the variances, they allow them. So why are you fighting me on something that you allow anyways? And then they come with these horror stories of, Oh, this will be this, you know, dilapidated house and, you know, but that's not anything to do with it. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with zoning and so it's kind of like a power thing yeah. from, the, from the city's perspective and they just fight and fight and and an issue like this what really makes what really upsets me about it is the fact that the city gets your dollars, your tax dollars for as for property taxes, right? They then take your dollars then to lobby for a bill that is not in your best interest. Right. Right? If you own one of these non-conforming houses, right? They mm-hmm. just took your property taxes used it to go lobby against your against interests you. yeah yeah yep. <laughs> and so it i don't think that's i mean it it's just a that's a that subject is kind of a kind of a touchy one for mm-hmm. me because it's something I've been fighting for and it was it passed overwhelmingly in the house last time and then it went over to the senate and we ran into some problems there and ultimately there's a lot of mischaracterization mischaracter- of the bill and it ultimately failed so I'm back again trying to uh pass it and i think my bill this time is actually a little better because it addresses some of these things like it adds in the caveat that fine city if you want to not allow that person to rebuild if you follow all these different criteria and the city can demonstrate to a court of law that this was an unsafe house Mm -hmm. then they can't rebuild i gave them that okay they keeps they keeps they keep saying it's unsafe it's Mm -hmm. unsafe well it's not true, but, hey, why don't we throw that in there? And now, I mean, now I think where the bill is at or where it's going to be crafted here um, is it, you know, they have to take those amendments in the committee. And I think if they do accept those amendments, I think it's a very good bill. And I, like I said, I don't know why they keep, well, I know why they keep fighting it is it's kind of like a power thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, do, you th- it, do we see that changing in Graham Fork's? I know a lot of people used to say it was kind of a good old boy, city government. Uh, Now with the new mayor, is that getting better, do you think, in your opinion?
3: Uh, Well, that's – I don't believe the mayor is one of the people Mm -hmm. uh, uh, coming after this issue. Right, It's some of your city council members that are against it. Um, Again, I mean, I don't understand why it's such a big deal to them. Cause they really don't, I mean, what do you, do you get, do you actually get to get rid of the house? No, you just slowly Mm -hmm. basically not allow them to rebuild, not allow them to repair. What, how does that actually help the neighborhood? Right. Right. That doesn't help the neighborhood any. Yep. And you know, so Uh,
0: it's sometimes to me, it seems like uh, our council, uh, maybe county commission, it seems like to me sometimes they focus on the things that maybe they don't need to focus quite as much of their effort on.
3: Yeah. and, And like, and like another, um, Actually, that just kind of reminds you of a bill that's actually be coming on our floor actually very soon, and that's another bill that the city is completely opposed to, or at least the city council, and that is um, this whole um, elections and having a party behind your name, mm-hmm. right? It, like, you know, if you look at the school board, you look at uh, city council, all these different, it's just their names. Yes. So you just got, you just look at a whole bunch of names, you're like, ooh, gee, who do I vote for, Right. I mean I'm pretty politically um astute, and I mm-hmm. follow stuff pretty well. I don't know who most of these people are when they're sitting on you know yep. who do I vote for mm-hmm. and they say, and then they say, well, that's not fair to put you know well this new bill, what it does actually is you have to either you can, you can, you have the option you don't have to so you can do things how you do it now, have nothing behind your name, or you can put republican libertarian uh Green Party, mm-hmm. whatever you really wanted guys, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, You could put whatever you want. You could put independent, mm-hmm. not part of a party. And I actually think that's, that's a good thing because then it identifies you in some way or form. And they'll say, well, you know, city government, that has nothing to do with partisanship and part. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're spending a lot of money. They're spending actually, you know, if a you lot look of money. at… If you look at the majority of where your money goes, you're you're paying more most likely to your local taxes mm-hmm. than you are to the state. Sure, right. So, if they're getting all this local money, shouldn't we have an idea of what their philosophy on how to spend it is?
0: Yeah, I, I, okay, you know,
3: and and you look at like even the school board, um, you know, how many millions of dollars do they have of deferred maintenance? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, and you know it would be, it and that and then the other thing about it is. If they had that R or D or I or whatever behind your name, what could we do? We could look at them and say, "Oh, geez, the city council—they're a bunch of Republicans and they don't know what they're doing. We need mm-hmm. to vote them out oh, of office." Yeah. Or they you know, or 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 they could look at it and say, "Well, gee, you know, the Democrats aren't doing a good job, or the Republicans aren't doing a good job. We need to flip it. We need to get rid, get new people mm-hmm. in there." And I think that's where part we of that is get a mix. And the other thing it really does too, actually. Is it allow? you know, people talk about third parties. It would actually allow, I mean, because right now you really have no chance of building a third party. No. In our state. Right. And it's, it's, it's just a fool's errand. Yep. Yep. But, you know, if you started getting city council members and different people on there, like for, let's just say libertarian. Okay. Right. Yep. The libertarian party. Well, if you, if, you know, if every city council had a guy with a libertarian on there, you know what? People would start to get to know him. You know what? He runs for state legislator or yep. something like that. Mm-hmm. They actually know him now. Sure. Right now, they don't know him, and they're not willing to jump into that, say, I don't know this guy. I don't know anything about it. At least I know that this guy's part of a party that does this, this, and this. And so, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it would actually be a good thing for our, um, third parties in North Dakota.
0: Um, I know you got to get back to Bismarck. Uh, anything you want to close with uh, there, Steve? Ah. Uh, I, I will tell you this. Uh, you and your team are doing a great job out there. Um, it's it's always nice to know because, um, you know, I check out the news every single morning, and there's always somebody mentioned out at the Capitol from Grand Forks. Uh, you guys just don't sit back and watch. Um, you guys are very involved, and, and, and there's a reason why you got voted in, and, and just keep up the good work. Well, I, mean, um,
3: I try to I – tr- I mean, I – that's one of my things. Is I just go out and work. I mean, in my campaign, that's kind of what I did. Is I just go out and work, work, work. When I go to the Capitol, that's what I do. Is I go out and work and work and work, and I, I try to get, I try my best as possible, as best as I can to well, I know. You know, accomplish my goals, and I go out and fight for those issues. And you know, when you said uh, one more thing, uh, I guess one thing that people should be aware of is, you know, I'm here to represent you. You know, expect, you know, not necessarily, even if you're not a constituent of mine, if you know of issues, I don't, you know, we don't know everything going on. If there's mm-hmm. issues that are going on that you need to be, that somebody needs to be aware of, let us know. Yeah. You know, let, I mean, let somebody like myself know. And like I told you before, if, if I believe something is unjust and, and, it, and something needs to change, I'm going to go to the mat for you. I'm going to go out and fight for you and fight for that issue really regardless who i'm gonna piss off yeah i mean obviously you can
0: tell i mm-hmm. and, and i mean even if they didn't vote for you you still represent them so that is what you're supposed to do and mm-hmm. you guys do a great job thank you very much oh uh, boy that was a good one uh steve vetter i'm glad he uh managed to find a little bit of time to make it here from uh, bismarck and uh i'm sure we're gonna have him back on the show again coming up here soon uh keep things going out there for us say hi to the rest of the people from grand forks out there when you get there and uh, again special thanks going out today to brothers firearms uh whether it's sport hunting or self-defense brothers firearm shop they've got you covered check out their new locations in the grand Cities mall uh brothers firearm shop they buy sell trade and service all makes and models of firearms you can check out their huge selection of accessories they're an NFA dealer, Brothers Firearms, knowledgeable staff. They can help you get the answers and the products that you are looking for. Tell you what, check out their list of departments at BrothersFirearmShop.us, or call them 701-757-2112. Brothers Firearm Shop. They buy, sell, and trade new and used firearms located just down the hall here in the Grand Cities Mall. Hey, don't forget, we're on Amazon Music. Tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast, and it'll do it. Also looking for those five-star reviews on Google, too, all right? Hey, tomorrow to mask or not to mask, Nick Ralston and David Waterman are back. Make sure you like us, share us, and tag us. You know, Grand Forks is a great place, and Grand Forks Best Source. We're just trying to give Grand Forks an identity again.